everybody. This is Rosie. And I am here today with Nate. You will challenge me. Let's just put it out there. You will challenge me to do like a British accent. I challenge Rosie to do a British accent <laughs> to do the intro of today's podcast. It's not going to There's happen. There's still time, like, mate. You know, it might it might just come out at one point during the episode. I'm not sure. Like, oh, you know, wow. I don't know. I'm feeling super conscious now. But anyway. Look out for that. Episode. 28. 28. Yeah, we're on 28. Wow, 28. And today we're talking about five proposal pitfalls you need to avoid. Yeah, so writing a proposal is difficult, to say the least, because what you've essentially got to do is have a one-sided sales conversation. Yep. Now, thankfully, you're never going to produce a proposal without having already spoken to the other person. So you've got a, a fairly good idea about what it is that you need to write down and, and the things you need to say. We don't send blind proposals to anybody. We don't send blind nope. proposals to anyone. <laughs> um, but what we wanted to do today is help you kind of improve on your proposal writing skills and, you know, increase your conversion rates, get more sales, Yep. make more money. Make money. So you can be like, oh, Nate and Rosie, let's hire you guys. Right. That's what right. you want, right? That's right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Let's jump into it. You want to jump in? Yeah, come on. You got no time to lose. Okay. So, number one. The first proposal pitfall is not including expectations that you have about the client. That's a big one. It's a big one. When I first got started, I didn't include what I would need from the client if they wanted to get a certain result. So when it comes to marketing in general, you need to say to your clients, well, if you want these results, we're going to need you you're going to have to do maybe what I tell you to do or if I ask you something, I need a response within 72 hours. Yep. Uh or I need some information from you or you have to provide me whatever or wh- whatever it is. Yep. You need to set the expectations of what they're going to need to do in order to get the results that they want. Um, with most service-based businesses, it's very difficult to just do it by yourself. Yeah. And you need open lines of communication with your client, especially if you're going to do... So- like, the writing that we do is quite, I guess, creative in a way. So, without their kind of input... We cannot do really much, can we? <laughs> It's difficult. Yep. It's difficult. All right, point number two. Point number two is to have clear deadlines, time frame, milestones, all that sort of things. And that comes again from our own experience in a way. Something that I've realized is that sometimes, especially again, if you're delivering a service, people will just take time especially when it's about, for example, doing a review or reading something that I've sent them or something like that. People will just take time, endless time. And I often found myself in the past having a project that should have been a month, just stretching for about three months and a half, just because the client was so slow and it was not clear what the time frame was. And that goes especially for services that are connected to a specific time frame or something. Say that, for example, you need to publish a press release 
or something on social media that is connected to maybe a launch that you're doing, if the client doesn't reply within a certain time and it, and if there isn't a clear time frame in, in place, you know, to say this is what's going to happen on this day, on that day, we're going to do this, this and that, then the whole thing could just not work. So it is very, very important to have a clear timeline of what's going to happen and I've said also milestones as in sometimes especially if you're working on a project that has different parts maybe coming together you always want to have you know um, some sort of specs so what's going to happen so just write down okay uh, by week one we're going to work on this week two we're going to work on that um, so that guarantees clarity it also in a way i also find it that it's quite good for you especially if you are the one delivering a certain type of service that it's just going to make sure that your client is aware of where you're at in the process and and the work you're kind of doing when they don't visibly see you yeah, working on the project exactly exactly so you know there's not going hopefully then your client is not going to just bother you with what are you doing right now what are you working on because they know and they are aware of it and again it, it also protects you at least again from my own experience it definitely did protect me when um somebody was maybe just just taking so much time and 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 i really needed to be done with a certain project because i had another client waiting so that's going to uh, help you just keep up with the project and not waste time. So there's definitely something you want to have. Yeah, and link it with the, the previous point. So when the, when you're yeah. setting your expectations for what you need from them, yeah. you can also relate that to the, to the time frame or the deadlines or the milestones you're going for. Point number three, or pitfall number three, not including payment options. Oi, oi, oi. Oi, oi, oi. That's not good. It's not good. One of the things, or payment terms as well, I think that's perhaps that's maybe, a, a yeah. better way of describing yeah. it. One of the problems that both Rosie and I have faced is people not paying on time. Because, and let's not blame them. Sometimes it is their fault and they're just lazy and you're like, I've already done this work please pay me some money. But as soon as I started including payment terms in my proposals and my agreements, oh, it was great. And payment terms are just, I expect to be paid this much on this date. Yep. Or if it's, uh, if you give them payment options, you're more likely to get the sale. Now, naturally, you kind of want all the money up front, or maybe you don't, I don't know. But you want to if they do go on a payment plan, make the payment plan, I say about 25% more than paid in full. Yeah, usually I ask for 50%. 50? That's my deposit. Ooh. Yeah, it's, but it depends, of course, you know, on the type of uh, project and, you know, the payment option that they decide. But yeah, if I can, I will always get 50% going to be a bigger commitment from their side nice yeah that that's that's my rule but yeah definitely payment terms are great 
and I like what you were saying about the you know the the um, the option for payment plan. Mm. I think a lot of people do appreciate that, and it's just also good, even like from that persuasive psychological point of view, to give them option. And that's something that I've also seen in my case at least when I actually started giving that option of saying, you know, um, if you want a payment plan, it's available. It's two payments, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then I also noticed that a lot of people were more inclined to actually say, oh, no, it's all right. I will just pay in full. So it's it's quite funny to see because maybe you wouldn't expect it. But I think that they just appreciate that option and they feel that they can trust you even more. So I think it's quite good. Also, you want to include in the proposal what happens if they don't pay you on time. Yes. There needs one. to be a consequence for them not paying when they've agreed to. What the clause that I use is I say uh, there's a 1% charge on the total amount of the proposal for every day the uh, the, the amount is in areas. Yeah, that's, that's a very smart way of doing it. I have that more for the beginning, I guess. Like I say if they don't pay a deposit or first payment, whatever the agreement might be, that I just don't start my own work. And I will not start or deliver any type of work until they actually made a payment. Yeah, don't do any work until you've got at least a little bit paid. Yeah. Actually, that's another reason why it's great to have milestones is because you can attach payment to certain milestones. So they know, yep. all right, if it's a £10,000 project, um, if they w- once they pay 3K, they know they're going to get this much stuff done. Yeah. Great one. Thanks. Next one. Next one. Not setting clear results or some form of KPIs or generally speaking how their success is or the success of the project is going to look like. Mm. So this is actually an important one. And last episode, we were talking about how to write a key cast uh, proposal and we actually talked about the different structures and we both said that we do talk about actually the the results that we give and the benefits you know for our clients and i think it's something that not everybody does at this point but it is key a good proposal should always include some form of you know this is what you get as like my client or if you do some kind of if you offer some kind of service where you need to track say um i don't know social media management you can say okay in 30 days from the beginning of the project you will have i don't know doubled your followers or something like that so you always want to include some form of result and i think in my experience uh, the more the result is tangible the better oh the result always must be tangible yeah uh, but of course like not with everything it can be done Sure, sure. But tangible results. If it's not tangible, then it's really hard to see the value. Yeah. So, um, and also as well, if you don't set KPIs for yourself, key performance indicators, then they, the client, won't know if what you're doing is useful or not. Yeah. Exactly. So that's why you definitely want to include it and you definitely want to, you just want to give them that feeling of I'm in it 
I'm in it. Right? You know, like, I'm doing this for you. We're going to be winning together. And this is what it's going to look like. Typically with KPIs, though, I do a best case, worst case, most likely. Yeah. So what's the optimal result that I think I can get? What's the lowest possible result that I think I can get? But what's, you know, what's the most likely result? And again, it kind of protects you. If, okay, so first of all, saying the KPI in the first place means that they understand what we're working towards for a Mm -hmm. certain thing. Some people might be like, well, I'm getting loads of followers, but I'm not increasing my sales. If you're tasked with the job of helping someone get more followers on social media, then you've done your job. Exactly. But the result that they're looking for, or they they think they're going to get, might not be the result that you are aiming to to get for them. Yeah. So it's important to be clear. But second of all, they then know if you're doing a good job or not. Next one. Next one. What have we got? Making it bespoke. Making it too bespoke. Making it too bespoke. Sorry. Yeah, this is kind of a a point that we have flirted around um, in in, in this month's fun theme of proposal writing. One of the biggest pitfalls is... Okay, so first of all, you have to understand that not all of your proposals are going to result in sales. Wah, wah. Wah, but it's wah, true. Wah. <laughs> Sorry about that, mate. It's true. And it can be a real kick in the teeth if you've spent two, three, four hours on crafting this beautiful proposal only for them to turn around and be like, yeah, we don't we don't actually want we this. We don't care. We don't care. <laughs> or just get ignored, which is what happens quite frequently. Yes. Um, but at the same time, you don't just want to give someone uh, a stock proposal every single time because they're like well you know i'm an individual this is my business obviously you don't really care too much about it so what we need to do is find an optimal way of showing that you do care and that you've listened and that you've understood as well as not spending too much time writing proposals yeah and we were talking about in um i think the previous episode we were talking about having a structure and then within that structure like we what we discussed actually we have two different structures when it comes to writing proposals go and check out the previous episode and but even within those structures we actually have sections that can be tailored customized just made a little bit more bespoke for our clients and that's going to make already a big difference because if you have then a template or a structure in place you just need to tweak those little things and that's already going to work to your advantage because the client is going to feel that you're being thoughtful about it i mean you are being thoughtful about it always always Well, howdy, y'all. It's time for a roundup with Rosie. Woohoo! Oh, yeah! That's the one I was looking for. So, this episode five pitfalls of writing a proposal. And 
We've got number one, not including expectations from your client or anyway, not setting expectations, not clearly saying what it is that they also need to do or how they need to respond to whatever needs you have to actually being able to perform. Or, or how deliver, you work as well. Or how you work as well. Yep. Uh, number two is setting clear or not setting clear deadlines, milestones and uh, time frames for them to understand. Again, this protects you, protects them, keeps everyone on the same page. Then they know if they're behind and if they are behind, you can refer back to the expectations that you said. You're like, well, you know, we can we can get back on track, but as detailed of the proposal, I need this, this and this. Number three is not including payment terms or payment options because it is quite needed in a way and essential to have that sort of clarity about who's paying when and what the options are when it comes to payment. So you definitely want to include those just to create better clarity and even just like increase trust between you and your client. At the end of the day, regardless of how well you get on with your client, you are providing a service and you need to get paid for it. If they are behind on payments, people only get annoyed if they're quote unquote behind on payments if they don't feel they're behind on payments. So if you have not led with, I expected to pay every 30 days or I get expected to get paid after completing this amount of work, this amount of work, this amount of work. And then we've got the last no, not the last, the fourth point, which was not setting clear results or anyway KPIs or describing exactly how success is going to look in the eyes of your clients. And this is key because you always want to make sure, again, that the client is very aware about the goal of your work and this will avoid misunderstandings as in your client comes to you and they're like, well, your copy is not delivering, Rosie. But actually, you're like, well, my copy was aimed at this, not at that, you know. So that's going to help you. And, of course, you can always have, have as um, Nate was saying, a best-case scenario and a worst-case scenario, especially when it comes to setting KPIs and make it as tangible as possible. There is always a way to just make it tangible, even when you think like, eh, but... Put a number on it. Yeah, put a number on it. Even if you're selling something like confidence, you need to put a KPI on... Uh, you know, whatever. Because if they're looking to be more confident so they could get more speaking gigs, then you need to say, well, here's how we know is if you're being more confident with getting speaking gigs, right? Exactly. And the final point is making it too bespoke. Don't spend a huge amount of time on your proposals. Sales, ultimately, for all the techniques that we're sharing with you, is a numbers game you're going to be wanting to put out as many proposals as you can. And if you're spending loads of time on all of it, then you're going to get frustrated, you're going to get burnt out, and you're going to be wasting a lot of time on unnecessary tasks. Perfect. And that concludes our month of proposal writing and proposals. (laughs) So, will you? Uh, Yes, I do. (laughs) That's not the correct answer. No, damn it! Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, I thought that you were proposing to something. I was proposing that we continue the podcast. Oh, yeah, sure. Forever and ever and ever. (laughs) Till death do us apart. Wow. Maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, guys. If you like this episode, leave us a review. 
Uh, tell your friends about it. Tell your mum about it. Tell your dad about it. Tell your brothers and sisters. We'll be here for you. Um, if you have any questions, Rosie, how can they get in contact? Send an email to Rosie at writingwithrosie.com. And we will see you next week.